Hey. All right. We're back. Hey. Welcome Here we to are in the in the bookstabber cave. <laughs> Come, Robin. We, we it's are crime afoot. We, <laughs> the bookstabber cave. That was good. We didn't talk about that before we as we talked about this before. Um, that was funny. Uh, and who are you? Who are I'm you? Willow Payne. You're Willow Payne. And, and what, what is your I, what, what is your gig right now? Your current gig? I draw comics over at librarycomic.com. And other places. It's important to say. Sometimes, maybe we'll so, see. Well, I hope I hope so. I hope so. I think I hear it's happening. I hear I, I've heard a rumor it may be happening. And and who are you, strange voice from the darkness? I'm Gene Ambaum. Uh, I write library comic with Willow, and uh, I used to write something called Unshelved, and uh, I write a bunch of book reviews. And we are trying our hands at podcasting. This is the Bookstabber Podcast. Welcome. Um, and we were just talking about book talks, and I was we were trying to figure out who was going to do the book talk for this. Uh, this next book, um, <laughs> and, this and, incredible book. What is the name of this book, Gene? The book is called The Blade Itself. It's by Joe Abercrombie, and it's the first book that he wrote, and uh, it's the first in a trilogy. And the first, the first book he wrote, you say, I never would have guessed, oh. never would have in a million years. <laughs> but but we were talking about who would start with the book talk before 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 the, before the rant starts, Willow. We were talking about who would, who would start with the book talk, and I was trying to talk you into giving a uh, a neutral book talk for this. And I think your response oh, was, yeah. no, <laughs> no, I can't. That's impossible. Perfect. That's like asking maybe like defend defend uh, Mussolini's ideas. Yeah, but you're not def- in a sincere fashion. But a book talk is not a defense, and it's not a positive review. It's it's kind of just just an attempt to basically. Talk about the book in a way that would let people who might like the book know they might like the book, whether you liked it or okay. not. Okay. And so, sure. I, I mean, I mean, and, I can and, try. And, and when you're, oh, I, oh, I would love it if you would try. Oh, that, that'd be perfect. Okay. And then, and then I will. Uh, how about if I supplement your book talk? Okay. So this is me trying to be as holistic as possible about this book. Well, but, but pithy, pithy, and 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 to and, and to the point as well. You're going to do great. Okay. Kill it. Sure. Go. I pithy won't be hard. So this book, The Blade Itself, by Joe Abercrombie. It is a fantasy book. I think that's uncontroversial to say. Yes. It has a large cast of characters that have intertwined relationships with each other. It changes point of view frequently. And, God, what else can you say about it that isn't immediately... So this... Well, I, I think I think if I was building a book talk, I would say I would say like this book is kind of about uh, a band, the band coming together, right? It, it's not really it's not really the high fantasy adventure itself. It's the beginning of it, like the very beginning of but, it. Well, technically, yes, that is true. But also, I would argue the book isn't really about that either, because that only really <laughs> happens in like the last that only happens in the last forty pages of the book. This book is five hundred pages long. No, th- th- that's true. That, that's true. But but I mean, but, I mean that, that's the point of the book, right? The the book the book goes toward that goal. So so if you're expecting if you're expecting a high fantasy where like everything is resolved, I would say this is not the book for you. This is the book that where it, like kind of the resolution is everybody getting together and kind of setting off for something. If you told if you told me that Anna Karenina was a book about a woman throwing herself in front of a train, I would be like, well, yeah, that does happen. I wouldn't say that's the what the book is about, though. Well, okay, okay. Well, but but, but I mean, I mean, like like in, in letting people know that that's one thing I would say, and then I might talk about uh, some of the characters, like like the main characters. Like I think if you, I mean, there's different lands in this in this fantasy world. Uh, the main place this takes place is uh, the civilization called the Union, which has a king, um, and in the capital, uh, which is Egriant. Does it, is he a king or is he an emperor? Not that it matters. I think he's, I think the he's a character king. character doesn't matter. The, the, there's the empire to the south, which is uh, Gurkha. And then the north is kind of like the, the savage lands where kind of the, the Vikings, Viking-ish people live. And yes, these are all radically new ideas in <laughs> so, fantasy literature. Now, now, now Willa, we don't... We, <laughs> we, we add to the book talk. Come on. So... So uh, I think I'm not the librarian here. That's true. You, that's you, true. Part part of this podcast was you you finally wanted the the beast unleashed. You wanted me to really <sighs> destroy something, and here I am. I'm the Hulk. I'm ready to. go. I know. I know. I know. We got we got to get out. We, we, we got to get out what this book is. What this book is like. Um, uh, okay. I would, say, I would I would say that one of the main characters is uh, Logan. Logan Nine Fingers. He's got nine fingers. He's from the north. 
He's kind of an older oh, yeah. an older warrior. Um, he's very surprised to still be alive after all the violence he's been part of and all the violence he continues to be part of throughout this book, um, which is actually the reason I picked it up. Uh, there was a, a quote on the back of the book, which I think I've, I've misremembered, but the back of my book now has one that says, um, I, would ha- I could happily recommend the blade itself for the fight scenes alone. And I remember that for the, for the violence alone. But, um, and that's an F- a quote from SF Site, a blurb on the back of my copy. Uh, and I remember. I think I, that is absolute madness. That and like that that I, is I'll, the takeaway from this book. I'll, 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 well, no, no, it's, it's, it, it, it's not the takeaway. It's not the takeaway. It's the thing that, like, oh, if you're really into violence and fantasy novels, this book is probably going to work for you. This is, I think, why it works for me. But we'll get to that in a minute. So, so, so Logan Ninefingers is his. He thinks his band is of uh, warriors that he's leading is dead, and these are all guys who he bested in single combat. Uh, for the guy who has now declared himself king in the north, whose name is Bethed, who kind and, of and what are the what are the lovely names of these? You got oh, Tolduru, oh, Tolduru, Dogman, three, do, three Trees, Black Dow, Forley the weakest, I, and a guy named Grim. Yeah, I hate I hate them so much. <laughs> I hate everything about them. And so so there's him, and then there's a then there's a guy who's uh, really like the the kind of the worst character. Um, in a certain way, at the beginning of the book, Jazal, who is training for something called the contest in the in the capital city, and he's kind of a fop. He's a soldier. He's he's a drunkard. He likes to gamble a lot. Um, he seems very unsoldierly, but apparently he's really really good at fencing, and he is training for something called the contest. Uh, and his redeeming quality we can talk about later. If if redeeming quality, I, I have the sense you think he will have no redeeming qualities, but 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 I, I did end up liking uh. him at the end of it. And then the other the other main character at the beginning is uh, Glockta, who won that contest a long time ago. Who used to be a very dashing soldier, but was captured uh, in Gurkha, that that um, empire to the south. Uh, he was captured. He was tortured, and now. He is not very well. He can hardly walk. He's all scarred up. Um, he's he's a man in. The constant book really pain. wants you to know that his spine is in a bad situation, and they really want you to know that he doesn't have teeth. Yes, that's the, super well, no, important. No, no, no. That he, he has he has teeth, but the teeth are like wherever he has a bottom tooth, he doesn't have a top one because they they really messed him up. And uh, and now he is a torturer. He's part of the king's inquisition, so he's a torturer, and uh, very unsympathetic at the beginning. Um, and then I will say I, the uh, I, 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 like maybe the the fourth uh, point of view character like the the most the one who, who not point of view character but but the one who kind of rules the chapters is Bayaz who's a he's a powerful uh, magi he's a sorcerer one of, he's a Magnus of the old time and he may he's, or, a, he's an ancient mage too he's like multiple hundreds of years old well he may or may not be right it, it's a little unclear if he's just full of crap or if he's actually this guy who kind of helped found found the I, union and found Egriant, at least at the beginning well, of the no, book, right? No, no, I disagree. No, the, the okay, this is, this wait, is wait, part wait, of the problem. Wait, wait, wait hold, hold on, hold on. So, so at the beginning of the book, you're just, you're just not sure, and nobody's sure, and he, he returns to the union with Logan eventually to, to try to reclaim kind of part of his authority, and then, and then they set off, and that's, that's, that, that's kind of how the book is structured, right? Plus the contest takes place, plus, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of violence <laughs> as people try to stop them for one reason or another. And there's some torture. And, uh, okay, I, I, w- I would say if you don't like the violence, you won't like this book. It's it's a very violent, very visceral fantasy novel without a lot of magic. That's my pitch for it. Okay, Willow. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> How just, much did you I'm love this book? Fuming. I'm fuming, and I, and I picked this book to read for us. For us, you do, and I don't understand how you have read this book twice now. I've re- probably read it three times. I love this book so much. What are you talking you. about? You can't oh, love. The, I really enjoyed it. The, I feel like you're holding up like a like a skeleton, and you're like, I love my child. I love my beautiful child, and you're petting the skeletons. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not alone. I mean, Abercrombie has sold millions of books. I mean, um, I, you know, no, I, I read it way back that, when it came out, and I've I've read most everything he's written since. So, I feel like a crazy person because <laughs> I got about halfway through this book. This book is five hundred pages. I can't emphasize that enough. How long this wretched thing is! Oh. I got halfway through, and I was like, "This book has no plot. I don't know how to make sense of anything that's happening in here because nothing has an order of importance to it. Nothing." outweighs anything else in this non-plot that's happening so i went looking for a synopsis and lo and behold you can't find a synopsis of this book because it doesn't have a plot 
you can't synopsize that which does not exist. So the next best thing I did was I went to Goodreads, which I don't go to very often. I don't. I generally don't. I don't seek out book reviews, but I think I think the Goodreads page for this book is fascinating as sort of a, a piece of um, what is anthropology, if you will, because yes, this book has just thousands of five star reviews from people who cannot get enough of it. Think that it is one of the greatest achievements of human literature. And then you have people, and I, have, I, I, I want to just say I didn't say that. I, I, I you, no, I know you did not write a five star review on Goodreads. I'm I'm willing to look. I'm still talking to you, right? We're still friends. We're still coworkers. <laughs> I haven't burned my bridge with oh, you yet, but you know, I it's, do. It, it, it's it's terrifying for me to think there might be a book that I like that you hate so much that that's the end. <laughs> that's the end of library comic and our working relationship. I'm, be- <laughs> I'm being hyperbolic, but it's out there somewhere though. <sighs> So, but then there are people on Goodreads who have some shred of common sense to them who are just like, this is a boring book in which nothing happens, and you've already met all of these characters in The Lord of the Rings or any other fantasy book. But I don't understand. There is, there does seem to be this mass hallucination going on. So let me tell you about my history with this book, because when I started reading it, I, as soon as I came across Logan Ninefingers, which happens fairly early on, uh, he is really one of the first characters you meet. I was like, wait a minute. I have heard of this. This is not the first time I've encountered this name in writing before. And it's not because I read any other books by Joe Abercrombie, but it's because I have known people who read a lot of fantasy literature, and they've talked to me about this book. These are the same people who really like uh, Mistborn, for example, which I couldn't stand. Now, you Gene, you really like Mistborn. I really like the Mistborn books, too, yep. I, I struggled to read the Mistborn books, um, and I, I basically skimmed them. For me, the Mistborn just reads as bad YA. Oh, it, that, oh. That's all it is. No, but this, no, no. But okay. I, if I really had to describe this book in one sentence, to me, this book is uh, an alien coming to Earth can only... <laughs> the only things that it can... <laughs> The only the only artifacts that it has to understand any earth culture or communication is it has just a couple of fantasy paperbacks in front of it. And this is its this is it regurgitating those as a missive to try to communicate with earthlings. Oh my god. Because that's the only thing that makes sense. It makes no sense that you someone would sit down and be like, "I'm going to write an epic fantasy novel where there's a barbarian and there's a wizard." Uh, but let, should there be an epic conflict? Should they should they fight against an evil empire, or should they, you know, maybe there's a dragon involved? No, they should just kind of go from one. Pl- they should go from the wilderness to a city, stay in the city for most of the book, not do anything, have one guy be real suspicious about them, and then at the end of the book they leave. Well, I, I, I yeah, but I mean, I, listen, I don't normally read uh, for character. Like, I read for setting a lot. I read for language a lot. Um, this book, this book, like, uh, confounds all my expectations. And I, I still really enjoy it. You know, it's... it's it, do you do you think these are good characters? Is that part of it? Well, I, I, I agree with you that they are, they're stereotypes. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even arguing about but, that, but that they're playing I'm, with it. But, I'm but, not, but, I'm not anti-stereotype. Here's the thing. Well, well, well I, I, I think, he, I think he, for me, for me, I just want to say like, as someone who doesn't read for character very much, he plays with stereotype in a way that I think it's not, it's not hyper self-aware, but I do think it's self-aware. And I think I think you can see how self-aware it is in the moments of humor. Which, if you're not enjoying the book or the characters at that point, you're not you know you're not going to enjoy those moments of humor where like L- Logan uh, just keeps being surprised that he's still alive. Um, where no, but the self this is where the self-awareness is a problem. Is that so? The character of Glotka, for example, which I hate that name. I hate Glotka? everything about it. Glotka. Glotka. Uh, there is, he is constantly, the writing in this is really bad. It's constantly this weird self-reflexive where a character will say a sentence and then in italics afterwards is the, the thing that the character is thinking to themselves. Which, by the way, <laughs> but by the way, it's always a man because there's only one female character in this book and she doesn't show up until the very end. No, because R.D. is in the book too. There's two. Yeah, but R.D. is nothing. R.D. is, not a, is basically not a character. And I would argue that neither is fair. Like, if you want to talk about 
cardboard cutouts. The women are terrible in this. Uh, you, you know, uh, fair point, fair point. But I, it, Pharaoh at least gets uh, gets more of a point of view later on. So I, I can't remember the other <laughs> books, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Willow, I'm going to go read them again. <laughs> So. Her, her character well, that's the thing so this is the beginning of a trilogy and it's very obvious that more things are supposed to have like the real plot happens later but i don't understand how any human being can sit down and write 500 pages about nothing get this published like that's another problem is who bought this book who well, right, I, what I, editor? I, I, I think it's a i think it's a 16 or 1700 page fantasy novel it's it's like the three books are they're one thing right and, and I mean, I, I don't. And think, the editor think didn't throw happy. out the first five hundred pages. This is nonsense. I find them. I find them delightful. That's all I can tell you. I mean, they made me laugh. I laughed out loud a couple times. And I think. Okay, so so I, so a character like Glockta, he he says a thousand one hundred witty remarks to himself over the course of this book. Right, right, right. That, but they're not. They're really bad witty. Like these are witty remarks that a thirteen-year-old would come up with. Like this reads. Like, 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 not only does this read like somebody's first book, this reads like somebody's first book that they were writing in middle school well, well, and then I, never revised. I mean, if, if I if I met that 13 year old, I would shake their hand and, you know, publish every book they ever they ever produced. But I, I, I mean, oh, I, you're I, insane. I, I don't think it's that bad. I think I think the sentences flow like like I think everything just flows in a way that makes it very easy to read. It makes it very quick. And I'm a slow reader. And so there is some kind of delight in a book where it's just it's like I, I'm definitely this is not like a New Yorker story or something like that. But it moves right along for me. And and it got me to laugh. Like there's a point where like my favorite Glockta moment is kind of early when um, he's he's struggling to go up the stairs which he's always struggling to go up and down the stairs right i mean that that's a constant thing and if that bugs you then why would he live in a house that you don't have to live in a place with stairs well, but i his, don't but, but his superior, i don't buy that his superior keeps summoning up to his office which is in this high tower and um he he has to climb the stairs right but but at one point there's a, there's a line that says if 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 glockta had been given the opportunity to torture any one man any one at all he would have surely chosen the inventor of steps like, that just made me laugh like, like, you just don't get moments like that in most fantasy novels, and it just stopped me. I'm just flowing along, like, reading reading the book, enjoying the enjoying it, and suddenly I'm, I'm reading that. And, and, you know, the characters all come together to interact with each other at different moments, and I, I think it works. It, it just works for me. It, it wants, it, like, I, I end up wanting to set off, like, to see what happens next with the people who, who leave with Bayaz at the end of the book. You know, like, that's all this book has to accomplish, I think. I th- I think you're insane. So <laughs> this is but, okay. I have to say, for anybody who's still listening, this is so the bookstabber conversation I wanted to have because this is what this is what happens with Willow and I, and this is why we called it bookstabber. Is like like there'll be something I love that Willow just can't believe I love, and then I get I get this great rant <laughs> against the thing I love, which just makes me laugh. Okay, go ahead, Willow. Because well, okay, so at its so if you want to say this is a character driven thing, that's I'll. I'll buy that. Yes, it is very introspective into the minds of these characters. But at their core, they're all basically the same character. There is, and and I know you're going to fight me on this, but Jazal, Logan, Ninefingers, and Glockta, who we spend the most of the time with in their minds, all have the same basic internal thoughts. Logan, Ninefingers, which I want to point out, is a dumb epithet. It's dumb... To be like in a fantasy world where violence is common, as we're meant to believe it is, to to think that there's one guy who had his finger cut off ever, and no one else has had that problem, and he's it's so famous that everyone knows him. Is like yeah, the guy with nine fingers. Well, yeah, yeah, but he's a named man. Like he is the guy named Nine Fingers in the North. He's so savage and famous. He's actually called the Bloody Nine, right? And like. Like, like, yeah, the- that's not better. That's also dumb. That's a dumb name. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. And <sighs> and that only really and it well, it comes up once at the very end where he enters this sort of frenzied state. There's so many discarded nonsense. I, I I'm all over the place. I know. I want to get on track of why they're all the same character, but also, like, the writer doesn't know what he's doing. Like in the beginning of the book, there's a part where it describes Logan as like. The fire was going to go out, so he sucked it into his mouth, and you're just like, "What are you talking about? That what? What does that mean?" Right, a little he bit, a little, little bit of magic, a little bit of magic, and, and, and he it, just keep, and he just keeps it under his tongue, and then he marches along, and then a band of bandits shows up, and they're like, "Hey, give us your shit," and 
he breathes fire at them and you're just supposed to be like okay he can do that well uh, he, he, he can also talk to spirits there's a little magic in the world right there's a little bit of magic in the world but and, it's so it's so slapdash it's i i i understand i i am not a fan of long exposition of fantasy mechanics of spell casting and i i don't want that but i would i think there is a more eloquent way to introduce these ideas to someone who is literally being introduced this is the first book we're being dropped into this world it, it from the very beginning i have this problem because it just describes as like they're fighting the flatheads the shanka and i'm like okay cool what are those and it doesn't really give you a description of them. I'm like, well, I'm just going to assume they're orcs because they sound a lot like orcs to me. I, I, I did notice that. Yeah, I, I could not picture what the Shank are. Like, all you know is the, is the term flathead. <laughs> so that's what you assume. And, right? and, by the, and they mention Shanka multiple times. But by the time you get to the end of the book is the first time where they're like, oh, yeah, they were made by an evil wizard. Right. And they were made out of flesh and metal. And you're just like, okay, is anyone going to tell me what they look like? No? Okay, never mind. Sorry for trying to be a part of this book. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think I think Logan at his core is like he's like that old. He's the old version of of Conan. He reminds me of Cronin the Barbarian from Terry Pratchett a little bit. Um, you know, just just old and can't can't believe he's alive. Um, and but there's there's kind of kindness in his heart, or at least the desire not to be violent. But he he can't avoid violence. Like I think I think it's interesting, right? Like like his thing is he would rather just live a quiet life, but can't. Which is it seems like it wouldn't be that hard for him to seek that in the beginning of the book he's just he got he gets in a big fight with these flatheads and then he i guess he falls into a river unconscious or something he gets carried away it's everything is so vague this is it, partially because it's so dense with things that aren't like actual description I, I could edit this book. I could edit this book to be like 250 pages because <laughs> because you can cut out so much of it. So much of it is so unnecessary. Well, it, 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 anyway. it, it, it's epic, Willow. It's epic. No, that's not the same thing. You can't. But but but, but, but what I was going to say about, about Logan is like, like you're it's kind actually of... the opposite of epic because nothing epic happens in it. You, you, it's not epic in scope because nobody nobody accomplishes an epic goal there isn't an epic struggle to be named you can't you can't define an epic struggle that happens in this book well i was trying to i was trying to figure out why i I agree with that but i was trying to figure out why i i enjoyed logan and and i think it's it's that he's compassionate like he saves uh beaz's apprentice quay he's clearly he's clearly trying to be done with killing i mean you know it's it's not a lot but it's enough for me um it was enough to get me rooting for him to see him just but kind it of... makes no okay but this is this is part of the problem and this character makes no sense because this apprentice shows up i bet you've never heard about this in a fantasy story before a, a warrior is approached by a wizard saying we need your help for a quest and the and the warrior says okay i'll do it and then when and, and he's like what do we have a do we have a goal and he goes uh my master will tell you he's the he's the smart one he knows everything so we get to Bayaz, which is a dumb name. We get to him. <laughs> How do you feel, Willow? Dumb. All these Not names sure. are really bad. I like They're all names. bad. No. They all sound like you you were struggling to, you were looking around the room and you didn't have ideas I'll, I'll, and you're I'll, just stringing I'll, syllables together. I'll, I'll tell you, the names are great because you don't confuse them for each other, to me. I mean, and, and they're from slightly different civilizations. Like, like I think it's, I think it's interesting. Anyway. So, so Baez is like, I bet you really want to know what this epic quest is about. And Logan says, no, actually, I don't. And he's like, really? And he has a whole thing of like, every time I've ever known something, it bit me in the back. So let's go on. Let's please take years from my life and, and risk everything I am. Uh, but don't tell me why we're doing it. And Baez, okay. And doesn't tell the audience either. <laughs> the, the reader doesn't get to know as a result. That, like, how is that good writing? Well, Who is that for? It, it, it's a little annoying, but but it, it kind of allows for hints, and it's also part of Logan's character. I think. I mean, I, I, again, if you don't if you don't like him by that point, I, I think it's you know I I understand what you're saying, but but I, I enjoyed him, and I was like, okay, this is where we're at. I'm willing to go along for the ride. I now like him enough. There's just nothing to, to like. There's there's no substance there. Uh, well, I'm just I, I'm, I'm just saying there was enough for me. There, you just need the scaffolding. You need the scaffolding to to hang it on so that I can create who this guy is in my mind, and it, it met that bar for me. You know. I, oh I, yeah, no. There's enough. There's enough rope to hang yourself. I agree. Absolutely. Well, but I think that's I think that's really good. I mean, uh, a friend of mine who writes fantasy and science fiction, 
is always struggling with his stories to try to figure out how to make the characters likable. And somehow Abercrombie does that for a lot of us. Not for you, but but for a lot of us. And I I can't say that any like, okay, of of the characters in this book, I would argue that Logan is the most likable. Okay. But but he's we're still in the red on likability. Well, I want to hear I want to hear about how he's the same as Glockta and um Giselle. Because because we spend so much time in these characters' heads, and they all essentially react to situations the same way. There's a part in this book where Logan is upset about having to use a toilet, right? Yeah. And and they and, go and, through... and you know how much I like a good toilet joke. So this was good for me. This was a good moment for me. It's but it's not even it's not a joke and it's not funny. He's he's just complaining that like what do you mean I got to sit on this and this is not out loud. This is in his head because God forbid we be spared the the gory details of a uh, uh, and, and he's not even that old. He's like thirty. Like of a, which granted I get it. He's a barbarian warrior. That's old for him. I'll I'll buy that. Whatever. <laughs> But we're the same age. So he's like, you expect me to sit on this cold piece of wood with my bits all hanging out? My fruits. My fruits. He always calls them his fruits. My fruits. Oh, my God. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it so much. And, and, oh, why why couldn't I just poop in a nice tree? Like, (laughs) he doesn't really offer an alternative. And I think that's because the author doesn't really understand, like, doesn't understand that actually, yeah, everyone enjoys pooping. (laughs) there's not it's not better any other way i don't know man you would raise them the north okay okay so he he's just critical of all of this civilization because it's so it's all stupid to him right Mm -hmm. yep yep and does he have kind thoughts for people sure he does i will point out that so do jizal and glockta but their kind thoughts don't amount to anything it doesn't actually influence their their actions in any way and that's None of these people's thoughts influence their actions because they don't have actions. They don't act on anything. They are completely inactive this entire story. Well, but I mean, I mean, Glockta Glockta tortures people and he's he's arguably like not very moral for doing that. And he's trying to kind of exist in this political He tortures like he tortures three people in like the first hundred pages and then never again. And the people that he torture, we, we are told, as readers, we're told that at least one of them doesn't matter, like, was a person that wasn't guilty of anything, and he was only doing it because the higher-ups wanted to pin something on him. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, is a is supposed to give us an insight into how dark and gritty this world is, but I'm, I don't have reason to care. I don't, none of these people ever matter. The people that are being tortured aren't. They they don't matter. They're just names. They're dumb names. Oh, they, like they, they, Salem ruse. They, they, they are furniture, and you have a sense that they're all playing the same political game too, and they've just lost. So who cares, right? But uh, can you explain to me what we what we accomplish in this quote unquote political game? Like, I don't like Game of Thrones. A lot of people compare this to Game of Thrones, but I understand the political game happening in Game of Thrones, and I don't understand what is accomplished by Glockta's actions in this book. What does he achieve? What what is achieved for the kingdom? Well, his um his the head of the Inquisition basically gets rid of um is it the Merchants Guild? It's or it's it, it's some guild that's in his way, and so he's taking power from them. So Glockta is kind yeah, of it's a, really important what guild it is, isn't it? Clearly, very important. Well, it's it's not important to me, which is why I, I didn't note it and don't quite remember it. But 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 the but his his master is seizing power, and Glockta is kind of sucking up to him to try to kind of have a life although why glockta wants this life is not clear right i mean he's no it's not he could live in a he could live in a one-story apartment with no stairs and not have this job (laughs) and probably be fine right but he but he clearly Uh, there's something going on in there and i i'm curious what it is and so you know and um I, I well, that's know. the difference. You have faith. You have faith that there I is do. something going on. I, I, but I know that. I know the truth. There is nothing going on. Well, and, and the few the few Glockta moments that that uh, that mattered to me were uh, when he tries to talk to Jazal about the contest. When he kind of tries to inspire him to to do better, like that. That was a funny scene to me. And also when he runs into RD. Like I like that both Jazal and and uh, Glockta both really like RD for different reasons. And and uh, RD is a she she's. Um, the sister of this guy named Major West, who is training Jazal for the contest, and and you know West is I think probably the most problematic character to me in the book, but I, I do like him for the most part. Um, but 
like like they both like RD, who's this unconventional woman, very pretty. Um, and West is warning so, Giselle against her, but Glockta, Glockta oh, likes it's her because so she, unconventional that a pretty woman, a pretty would woman, yeah. have ideas and she would be sarcastic. That's the that she has a this personality. This is why I say they're all. This is why yeah. I say they're all the same character, and I will lump RD in with this because the only characteristic any of these characters actually have is being cynical. Which is not enough to make them yeah, a yeah, full-fleshed yeah. character. Well, Ar- Ar- Artie, Artie is clearly the Carrie Fisher part, right? I mean... Yeah, I guess. But she's also not competent. Like, usually when Carrie Fisher plays a role, that character also has something else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the problem with Artie is that, that she doesn't... Yeah, she has... I mean, she's got time, but is not taking advantage of the time. She There's nothing that she's doing, right? And you're supposed absolutely ex- except for she tells somebody to fuck off when they tell her to try embroidering, spending her time embroidering, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the that's the height of of her but that's, interactions. With but her. that is just as much true of Giselle, for example. So Giselle doesn't actually have anything to do. I, I him winning the contest or not winning the contest doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to anyone other than hit Like it, it, if you were writing the story, if you were in a writing class. And you turned in just the Giselle parts. Someone would, your writing teacher would say, "Can you give him like a father who died in the fi- in the contest, and he's trying to redeem himself? He's trying to gain something that he lost. He's trying to, or he needs enough money to keep his grandmother's house from being, uh, you know, keep his grandmother from being evicted. Mm-hmm. Can you, could you please put a stake in this story? There's no stakes. There's no stakes whatsoever. He doesn't even like the contest. He doesn't even like fencing very much." Half of the Giselle storyline is him saying, I think I might give up on fencing. It seems kind of dumb. And the other characters, no, it's not dumb. But then they don't give a reason why it isn't dumb. Well, he, he kind of finds motivation, though. And I don't want to spoil that quite. And like, like, did I find it believable? Eh, you know, it, it, it's okay. But he's he's motivated. He's a, he's a pretty shallow it guy. It doesn't matter if it's believable. I Most of the stories I read are not believable. But, if they're, but they have to be interesting to yeah. actually w- make me want to read them. Lord of the Rings is not believable. Nothing. There's no reason to believe sure, any sure. of those things are happening. Well, I, you know, but, like when the contest finally comes around, um, like the other, the other main contender for the contest, Giselle's really favored. Everybody's cheering for him. And the other, the other main guy is uh, just this tank of a man who uses these super heavy swords and is just pounding his way through everybody. And um, so, so when it comes to that, that final fight, that's, that, that's, that's pretty fun, you know? And like, like there's a sense of, you don't know how it's going to resolve. And, and he's in, he's in, you know, the deep, the deep end. So it's, it is the first time in the entire book that we are, and, and it's fairly late in the book. It's in this 500-page book. It's the first time that we are presented with a situation where it's not obvious that one of the quote-unquote protagonists might fail at something. Right. And so, yes, it is the first time that any amount of tension is introduced into the story. <laughs> well, but there are fights. No, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are fights where, yeah, it's it's not really clear how they're going to come out, but you're probably sure that we haven't invested all this time in the characters to to lose one of them right now, right? Right. So, so. so so people compa- like to compare this with A Song of Ice and Fire, and I can almost see why, but here is where that comparison falls flat. In The Song of Ice and Fire, George R. R. Martin invests us into these characters and then kills them off, which is meant to be going against genre, going against traditional storytelling elements. Right, right. And I don't like it, but if you're going to do it, you really ought to do it the way that George R. R. Martin does it. Because well, he yeah. he really makes you th- he really makes you think that like oh yeah Ned Stark is the hero he's gonna he's gonna get us through this and then and then he takes that away from you go okay well now I don't know what to believe anymore all bets are off that right. is the first the first scene of this book is Logan Nine Fingers and Dogman and the other dumb dumb named characters <laughs> fighting <laughs> fighting the Flatheads. And the the chapter is called the end, right? Is it, we are meant to? <laughs> well, it, we're and, not and meant it's, to believe it, it. it's the end because Logan thinks the band is is dead. All of his friends are dead, right? But we, but okay, so he gets shellacked in this fight. He gets total. He gets knocked unconscious and sent down river, whatever. Which is also a very unoriginal way to to start your story. I've seen that start in a dozen things. That's but that's beside the point. We we know he's going to be fine, even if he doesn't know. It doesn't. It doesn't ma- mean anything to us, the audience, because we can tell that this guy, if if he had been killed off three-fifths into the book, then it would actually be surprising. Sure. So so we know he's not going to fail. We know he's not going to fail the second time he fights people. 
And honestly, I think the okay, I think there are three fights with Logan in the book. The first one is the the, the beginning of the book. He gets beat up by these flatheads. The second time he gets ambushed by bandits and breathes fire on them for one time ever and then never does that again. Never does anything magical again, even though it seems like if you had magic powers, you would I think that's probably not, abuse that's them. That's not true. He talks, to, he talks to spirits a couple times. No, he only, talk, he only talks to spirits once in the whole book. It's at, towards the beginning, before he breathes fire. And he, specific, he does it and he says... Spirits don't really relay good information, and then the, what the spirits do is they don't relay good information. The information that he gets from them is pointless. He goes, well, I shouldn't have done that, should I? Come that was on, Will, you, you've me. talked to spirits before. You, you know how that goes. And and this is another point in the column of Logan, Glockta, and Giselle are the and I'll throw RD in there, they're the same character. They all are constantly just disappointed by the facts of their lives, Nothing actually, there is no character in this book that is optimistic. There is no character in this book that is clever. Like they, and I'm, I'm not counting the ancient wizard who knows everything and refuses to tell anything because there's nothing clever about it. He never solves a problem in an I interesting think, way. I, I think Pharaoh's optimistic, but you don't get a lot of her. So so, so I think that's, it's a cheat for me to say that, but, but Pharaoh seems I optimistic. Can t- I can tell you almost nothing about Pharaoh except that she hates white people, which that's not... I'm I'm okay with her hating white people. I'm 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 on board with that. That's well, she, fine. She, she hates she hates the Gurkha. She's she's dark skinned, has has yellow eyes. She looks unlike anybody else they've ever seen, and she um she wants revenge for whatever happened to her family for what the 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 emperor right. Gurkha. Right. She's a did to her she's family. a survivor of a conflict. And uh, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but is 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 she not implied to be like a chosen one of some kind? Well, like, like for she has a special role to play in whatever quest they're going on, which is, yeah. is, is very ill-defined, and and I think it has to do with her heritage. I, I can't really remember exactly how it resolves because, like I've told you before, I don't remember the ends of books very much. So I remember I remember probably the second book more than I remember the third. So I'm gonna have to read them again. If you, yeah, if you were a goldfish and you read this book and you were of the <laughs> mind, if if you could forget the things that came before and the things that were going to happen, maybe this would be an enjoyable book because you're just in a constant state of wonderment of like, oh, well, maybe I, something would happen. I, I, you don't I, well, remember I, that nothing happened in the first 300 pages. So by the time you're, I wouldn't tell. I, page, I, I, so, so I would like librarians are always obsessed with readalikes, right? Readalikes for books. Like, oh, if you like this book, you'll like this book too. Because we often have people coming up to the desk and saying, "Hey, you know, I liked George R. R. Martin's book. I'm waiting for the next one, which hasn't come out yet. And, you know, what else should I be reading?" And and what you try to do is say, "Well, what did you like about that book? Like, like what appealed to you about it?" And if somebody said, "I like the violence," I might talk about this book with them. But mostly, I wouldn't talk about this book. Like, like the book that serves as a as a um, readalike for this for me is the Nicholas Ames book, uh, Kings of the Wild, which I think you and I have talked about before, which, which is a, ver- yes. a very self-aware, kind of funny, tongue-in-cheek, almost like, it's not quite a parody of a D&D adventure, but it's like, it brings in elements of like a D&D adventure and kind of putting the band back together, like an old adventuring band, and then going off to rescue uh, one of the band members' kids who has her own band and is in, in a heap of trouble. So there's, there's I a, think, yeah, I haven't t- read that book. There, there's a ton uh, of very I... fun violence. I really... I really think, you know, the one thing, the one thing I would stress is I think Abercrombie writes great fight scenes. Like when the action happens, it, it's, I disagree. It, it's really, well, I could not disagree more. Hyper enjoyable for me, full of laughs. Uh, just the commentary that you hated. I loved so much. These characters, I don't feel like they're the same. I, I do feel like they're pretty stereotypical. Did not bother me in the least. Um, you, you know, I, I, this, this book had a lot for me and uh, it's got enough for me that I can, I'm reading it again. You know, I, I think I read it the last time maybe maybe can you, seven can you years do ago? something with me sure can you can can you play with me a little i want to do i want to improvise a scene no in, no i'm not doing this no <laughs> no. no i want to i think i think we, if, if we could write a scene right now between glockta and Giselle, who interact many times no no and, no no and if you if you sat down and you tried to write these characters you would understand how nothing these characters are yeah, because because how does how does Glock to react to a situation? Well, he probably does isn't happy with anything that's happening, and he makes a joke to himself in his mind that is like a real D tier joke. It, it's 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 not even a joke. It's always just it it, it it they make a point of being like he thinks it's funny, but it's never actually funny. It's never 
it's never a burn. It's never something that if you had this thought to yourself and you chuckled at it, I'm sorry. It, it speaks poorly upon you. <laughs> you've just you've just never been like an old person in constant pain. <laughs> like he's just doing the best he can to me. You know what I mean? He's he's got that, he's got that chronic- shouldn't matter. He's got chronic. No, I, it shouldn't matter. But 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 to me, like I, there's something that just makes me laugh. Like, like about I've never be, been about, an ancient wizard either. But there's <laughs> lots of books about those that I can get into. Yeah, but you're not in the wizard's point of view in this, so so it's not as important, right? I mean, like somehow I have a little sympathy for him for who he used to be and who he is versus who he is now, and him trying to deal with it. It's just, and and it's not it's not a deep based sympathy. This is not this is not a book that put me into his point of view and made me cry. It's just it's just entertaining enough, you know, like. Like the guy would scare the crap out of me in prison. Anyway, so so uh, in summary, I love the book, and you, Willow. Uh, I I despise. I don't know if this is the worst book I've ever read, but it is. (laughs) It is up there. I I did want to add. I did want to add that my read alike for this. If if you like this book, which I can't imagine why you would, (laughs) um, but uh, I think you would really like the Mistborn books by Brian Sanderson. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon Sanderson, sorry. Brandon his Sanderson. name is Brandon. Um, yeah. Or if you liked Brandon Sanderson, you will probably like this. Similarly, very little happened. They they both have very similar worlds in that these are these really vague, somewhat Victorian societies. They have these, these strange arrangements where clearly they have achieved a certain level of technology and social hierarchy that is not unlike... I would say uh, Victorian England, and but then they also try to bog you down with. They try to remind you of the fantasiness of the world in what I would say is really awkward ways by reminding you of the existence of these other cultures that may are maybe more magical or uh, like like elements like a non-human species like a flathead or you know an ancient wizard that we don't talk about anymore well I, and i think i think the mistborn books are i i don't see them as much of a read alike although i think you might enjoy them if you enjoyed this but the violence isn't quite as brutal in the mistborn books um and the mistborn books are they give a good sense of place and of the world because the the system of magic is much more developed so there's a lot well, of commentary. i, w- I want to talk about this idea of violence because you keep bringing it up mm-hmm. i don't think this book is very violent I really don't. It's not incredibly violent, but when the violence happens, it's very sudden. It's very intense. Um, but so, so the the number one word that keeps coming up when you do any kind of research about this book, or you find people who like it, they all say the same word. They say grimdark, which is a reference to a kind of. It's like a neo genre of things that it, it's basically what it sounds like. It is uh, exceptionally despondent, bleak, and usually violent. I don't know why that term gets used to describe this book because I don't it I don't isn't. Yeah. It, but it, but it's everywhere. You can't avoid it. Yeah, but people I, but really. I think there's I think there's very little that's grim about this book. There's very little about it. It it it, it feels kind of it feels like a, a a rousing kind of adventure with you know with these like people you might you might enjoy if you enjoy them you're gonna like the book and if you don't you're gonna hate it's, it. It's a book that you wouldn't be allowed to bring at church camp, but. Other other than that, it's it's basically safe for every like it would never get banned anywhere. Other like yeah, I agree with that. It, there's nothing about it that is it's it's not exceptionally the, the the descriptions of fighting. I don't I don't think they're good. And I was I was really expecting heads to roll constantly. I was like <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not I, that. I agree. I don't consider I don't consider Song of Ice and Fire to be grimdark and neither does the rest of the internet, but that is more grimdark than this is. Yeah, yeah, I mean I think it's I think it's strange. I, but I do I do think the violence has a particular quality in Abercrombie's books um, that you don't find in other books. And I you know, if I if I went back through and just read the the violent scenes, I think it would it would lose that because there's so much stillness, and then the violence is kind of kind of sudden in there. Um, the one the one group that I think may want to ban this are uh, cannibals, but that's that's all. Yeah, which is another weird element that gets brought up in the book and then not touched on again. It gets touched on later on, later on in the later books. It's just setting I, it up. But but that's see that's a that's an unfair. You you can't tell me about the things that happen later on and expect me to care no, about no 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 I, I, it's, I, it's it's not a defense of this book at all i'm just i'm just telling you that that like uh that it's a, it's a defense of the trilogy more than anything else like like i think you get more of a sense of these things as it goes on i really think these books were probably all written together as one big giant 
book um, and it was chopped up because right and the editor really should have known better than to print a 500 page book about nothing <laughs> i don't know maybe you should have it made me happy it made me happy hey start with the second book people jesus so, so this is perfect this is exactly what i wanted this is exactly what i hoped for when we we decided to do this uh i'm so happy i'm, I'm so happy in a way that you didn't like this but i'm sorry you didn't like it too the librarian in me is is sorry you didn't like this book that i chose <laughs> um uh so let let's invite uh any listeners uh, the Bookstabber idea is that some of you professional book types, uh, readers, bookstore clerks, uh, librarians, library folk, would suggest a book, uh, and hopefully a, a great book that I will just love, and that Willow will hate just enough to give us one of her classical rants. <laughs> this is my this is my hope. Although, I don't want it to be the worst book that you've ever read. Like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I hope you'll find some redeeming value in most of what we read together, so... Do you have anything to say about what 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 you should look for, or do you want just the next book to be um, something that you that you enjoy? Well, I definitely don't want uh, more overwrought fantasy literature. <laughs> I I think I think the best thing we can hope for in book recommendations is variety more than anything. Don't variety don't pigeonhole us in yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. D- don't don't, I, pi- don't. I'm willing to read whatever. Don't pitch us a high fantasy. Just send us send us your best your best pitch for a book, like a couple sentences only, not not a long letter, but your best pitch and why you think we should uh, we should read that book together. That would be great. Uh, our a, e- our email address is bookstabberpodcast bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com. So shoot us an email. As a little teaser. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. We keep talking over each other. I'm sorry. Uh, as a little teaser, I started reading the first page. I've only read the first page of the next book that we were talking about doing. And it's that first page is already better than the entirety of The Blade itself by oh, Joe Abercrombie. Interesting. Interesting. I'm, I'm so afraid you're not going to like that book because I love that book so much. Um, and- I may not like it, but at least at least the person writing it has some concept of exposition. <laughs> okay. That much I can say already. Okay. Signing off. I'll talk to you later, Willow. All right. I've been Willow Payne. And I'm Gene Ambaugh. Later. Have a good read, folks. All right. Are we okay, cla- I'm recording again. Are we are we clapping again? Uh, no, let's just let's just go. It'll be fine. So 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 I think I think the problem with a lot of fantasy novels, like Willow and I are just continuing to talk about this book after we got off, so we started recording again. And you should just put this after the music at the end, if anybody ever listens to it, I think. But, <laughs> sure. But, but I, I, think, I think the problem with a lot of fantasy novels is nobody really has, like, there is no, there is no fully rounded, like, life in a fantasy novel. Like, you, like, these people always, like, the heroes always ride past farmers and whatnot, but you never have any idea of what the farmer's life is. Do you know what I mean? And, and like, they're not like, like, like the worst, the worst thing I think people do is they just worry about the character's money all the time or their resources. And so the, the book becomes like kind of a resource management book, which is not the kind of fantasy I enjoy. Um, but I, well, I disagree that I, I don't need to know about the farmer's life, but the problem with this book compared to other fantasy books, are they, are, are all characters well-rounded? Maybe not, but at least they have something going for them. So for example, I have encountered characters similar to Logan Nine Fingers in other books, but when I do, those characters have an arc that is usually something to the effect of, I am tortured by my past. I am haunted by the memories of the life I used to have and the, the and I don't have that anymore. But then by the end of the book, that character has dealt with that conflict in some way. They have either, they have faced an opponent that is of a similar, is similarly haunted by their past and they've realized that that is not the way to live or they've found religion or they have, you know, found, uh, they, they've right, fallen in right, love right. and they found something new to give meaning to their life. Mm-hmm. That's called conflict and resolution. Well, there's Logan a, there, Ninefingers, there's a change, as he right. exists in this book... Logan Ninefingers, as he exists in this book, doesn't have that. He is sort of haunted by his past, but not enough that it really seems to get at him. I well, wouldn't call him conflicted about it at all. Well, I, yeah, I, I, th- I think he's haunted by it, but, but I, I think the nice thing, like if there's a if there's something that goes against convention in this book, is that he's not out hauling ass looking for a thing. Like he doesn't have any idea what to do, so he just goes along with this thing. It does make him a little passive. It's not good. Well, it's well, not good. Well, it, it's it's not good, but it's against 
it's against what you normally find in a fantasy novel. He's not out to lead a revolution. He's not on a big quest. He's not really actively looking. He's just he's just exhausted. He's just exhausted and he this can't is, believe he's still alive. But this is the definition of having your cake and eating it too because they are on a quest, but they won't tell you what the quest is, so you don't actually get to enjoy what the quest is. Fair, fair, fair criticism, but they're not on the quest yet. And you learn about the quest a little bit later on, and there's reasons it's kind of obfuscated and... But 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 I think I think I think Logan is he's just not the hero that you normally see in these in these books. He's not. I mean, he is. He is. But a, neither he, is. But neither is anyone else. Somebody has to be a protagonist. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but 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 that's the strange thing about this book. Like you're saying, how it's it's always it's it they're all the same and it's quite it's mm-hmm. it's ripping off all these other books. But I'm saying it's not. Like structurally, there's something that's very different about this because there isn't anybody really going off on the quest except for the. The Magus, right? The the Magi, the Beaz, um, and and everybody else is kind of he's he's trying to bring these people along for the ride, telling them as little as possible. And this is not normally how this is done, you know. Like like this is not how how everybody sets but the, off. But you say that, but you say that as if that has merit. The reason it's done the other way, the reason it's done the normal way, is because the normal way succeeds at, you know, I if if the Hobbit begins with. The, the dwarves and Gandalf showing up at Bilbo's house and saying, get in, loser. We're going on a quest, but I'm not telling you what it is. Right. Like... Yeah, yeah no, no. Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But, but, I, but I'm saying... I'm just saying it, it, does, it, it does play against expectations a little bit for me. Like, like there, is, there is some sense in which this is... It, it's kind of a fun book because, it, because you don't get those things. You know, because... because this, okay, that's, that's all so I'm saying. So there's a um. There's, I, no, but let me. Sure, you can defy expectation. I I appreciate that that is a thing you can do to make a book more interesting, where otherwise it would be very rote. It would be very run of the mill. However, you only can do that in so many ways. You you have to kind of keep the other parts of the formula intact if you're going to do that, right? Uh, arguably sure i mean like like and, and you clearly didn't enjoy this book but but i'm saying i'm saying for for somebody who did for somebody who was who was who was like on board and enjoying it th- th- there's just this this other element to it this other way to kind of read it what's happening i guess i i look if 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 you out there like this book more power to you i <laughs> genuinely can't understand i can't understand like you gene you are my friend you're my boss like we 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 clearly have a lot of things in common, but also I cannot fathom how you can enjoy this book. I just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard for me to wrap my head around and, because. And that's why I love talking to you about books, Willow. Because <laughs> that's totally okay, true. Well. Okay, let's let, let's end there. All right, signing off. Adios. <laughs>